Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. You're listening to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea Gillis. And I'm Step Page. We're two Canadian expats now living in Australia and the UK. Between the two of us, we've been through the ringer on our travels, experiencing missed flights, volcanic eruptions, and even a terrorist attack. It's not all that extreme, though. We've also experienced heartwarming, life-changing moments and met amazing people along the way. So kick back and listen to all the shit I've learned abroad. Welcome to another episode of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea. And I'm Steph. Hello, Steph. How's it going, Steph? It's going good. How about you? I'm all right. I'm still suffering from this bug. I've I've had uh, I've had this mm. cold. We talked about it last week, but I'm surviving. I'll get, <laughs> thank goodness. I'll get through it. What would I do without you? I know, seriously. Um, but we're all good. We're all good. Um, uh, we're, I'm going to start this episode with a statistic. A fun um, fact? But yeah. Well, fun fact, a, a statistic, because uh, that's how fucking professional we are on this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there was facts, a... Facts, facts, facts. Facts, facts, facts. There was a 2017 survey that Hostel World put out, um, so a couple years ago, uh, that 10% of UK adults, which was at the time equivalent to about 5 million people, they were deterred from traveling because of perceived language barriers. That's a lot of people. Mm. That is that is a lot of people. And that's in one country. That's just, yeah, in one country. So um, today we're talking about language barriers uh, when you're abroad. And I, I didn't, when I read that stat, I was like, holy shit. Like people legitimately, yeah. I, I, I personally would never think not to travel because of a language barrier. Um, but the mm-hmm. fact that people do, that they don't travel and they don't go to ex- uh, experience new countries and new places because they're worried about language barriers like to me that seems like such a minuscule thing yeah yeah P- uh, yeah i don't know um but yeah so we're gonna talk about that today um obviously give you some tips advice i mean we've been to tons of places steph and i <laughs> Where whatever the language is is not our first language. Steph, I mean, I speak French. Steph, do you speak another language? I don't think you do. do I I don't. I have a base knowledge of French. I wouldn't speak it fluently, but I can understand it to read it. Right. And that really came in handy dandy when I went to Morocco. And Morocco is known as, you know, a very like the west of Africa. Yeah. Where it's so close to Europe that. 
I just thought people would speak English there. Yeah. And their two official languages are Arabic. Oh, my gosh. I almost said Moroccan. (laughs) Embarrassing. I know what you meant. Um, (laughs) Arabic and French. Yeah. So when I landed, that was it. That was what people spoke. That's what the signage was in. Mm -hmm. And my French came back to me very quickly. Good. Well, that's My recall went back 20 years pulling... You know, pulling basic French out of my head to read it's, the signs. It's funny how it, how it can uh, very easily come back to you. Like I, I did like French immersion growing up in school. So a, a lot of my school was done in French. Um, and by the time nice. I turned 18 and I finished high school, I was fluent, like properly fluent in French. And then after you turn 18 and really in Canada, even though we are a bilingual country, it's not like everyone's walking around Toronto or southern Ontario, where we're from, speaking French. So it kind of goes away. But, you know, when I when I moved over here and once I started going on, I had to go to work trips to Paris. And um, it's amazing how quickly your French can come back once you start, or any language, once you start conversing in it, reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, well, first tip, guys, learn another language. <laughs> if you if you don't, if you're not bilingual or, you know, just learn the basics in any any language. But, well, I think... To jump, to jump, to use that as a jump off point when, so when I went on my around the world trip, I started in Brazil. That was country number one. Mm -hmm. And I had this idea in my head going into this trip of where, which countries, you know, would the language barrier not be a problem and where would it be a problem? And I was all backwards completely. And I really honestly thought I would have no problem finding English speakers in Rio de Janeiro, which, um, in Sao Paulo, because you just hear so much about these places and there's tons of tourism in Rio. I just assumed because of how I just had this, I I just had this idea in my head because of how touristy Rio de Janeiro is that English would be common. And Mm. I was very mistaken. Yeah. They speak Portuguese there, which for some reason, a lot of people think Brazil speaks Spanish. I don't know why. Yeah, I did. Portuguese there. Yeah. Yeah. And there was, no English so it was like country number one up against zero English speakers um yeah so that really threw me for a loop and but because of that from country one I did a little more research heading into each the next place you know you're Mm. hello hi how like all the very basics that we laugh at but are what you're realistically going to use in a it really so I started learning the basics it really does get you by though just knowing the basics and so uh, going back to what you said first of all yeah do you, we always say this but do your research never assume mm-hmm. never assume anyways because it makes an ass out of you and me <laughs> you know that saying right stuff <laughs> hilarious um but yeah never yes. assume anyways never assume that wherever you're going i mean with the exception of obviously places like england or you know canada the states that people speak english there um because i've done the same i've i've traveled to my you know, i was just, when i went to morocco i didn't realize that they and this is years ago but i didn't realize they spoke french i mean i was lucky that i could speak french and i was thinking like hey amazing i can i can speak with these guys um but yeah mm-hmm. i didn't know because i didn't do any research i had no idea they spoke french there same i i've never been to brazil um uh, but i didn't realize it until a few years ago that they spoke portuguese and i don't know if that makes me sound really dumb but hey i'm sure yeah. there's lots of people I, out there tons of people don't know that yeah yeah so again do your research guys and then yeah just learn a few basic 
phrases in that in that language saying hello um you know asking like learning how you can order food asking where the bathroom is it's just basic things like that well and a funny story because and this goes back a few years but you want to talk about wanting to know the basics because you'll need it so when you what ha- what happens when you don't know the basics, Andrea? How do, how do you end up communicating? Um, <laughs> hand a- signals, and I I love speaking with my hands. Um, yeah, my hands flail all so, over the fucking place. So yeah, I I use hand signals quite a lot. I all the time. My I'm very expressive with my hand. I'm even doing it right now as we're recording. Same. And no one can see me. Um, but when I went to Cuba a few years back, I was in Holguin, staying at a resort. And day one, this is poor planning on multiple levels, I had my monthly visitor. (laughs) And of course, I didn't know where there was a store, anything like that. So the maid was coming by my room and I stopped to ask her. I said, hey, like, do you know where I can get some women's, some female products? And she couldn't understand me. She didn't speak any English. And I thought, okay, this is going to be an easy one to hand motion. I did a very classy... (laughs) Like double finger motion, swooping up towards my lady bits. Right. Thinking, like, how obvious is that? Face lights up in recognition, runs and grabs me toilet paper. So she thought you needed to wipe Uh, your badge? Yes. Yes. So then, so then... I stepped it up a little bit in terms of class, and I did a double finger swoop with some pushing up motion. Why double finger? I'm just curious. Well, what's the double? I don't know. I mean, do you put do you put two tampons up there? No, like <laughs> okay, yeah. You know, it's just what felt right at the time, okay. and it, it took a couple of goes with this crude motion for her to understand what I was looking for, and it worked out. So, I mean. Those are the hilarious kind of situations you find yourself in when you do have a language barrier. But it's funny. Like, I love that memory. Well, you're, right? you're lucky that, I mean, I don't know what, I would love to actually see this motion that you did. You'll have to show me sometime. But that that was like a universal motion. Not that I feel like that's like the universal symbol of like, hey, I need a tampon. Uh, maybe we should create one, though. I think, uh, ladies, if you have any I, ideas, let's create yeah, one. Women should band together and have a universal... I need a tampon motion. Yeah. 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 Um, but, but there's a lot of countries and this is uh, one of the things when we talk about language barriers, nonverbal communication. So uh, as you said, um, there's a lot of, uh, hand gestures that we can do in sort of Western culture that mean things that are entirely different. So a, a classic mm-hmm. one and Steph, you and I were talking about this before thumbs up. And I do this, yeah. I do this all the time. Like, and same thing that that's my first instant reaction. Um, if I don't speak a language to be like, yes, thumbs up. So there's a lot of places though where thumbs up, like in, um, Middle Eastern countries, it's highly offensive. Um, it basically means like up yours, like sit on my thumb and spin motherfucker. <laughs> it's, um, basically like saying fuck off kind of thing or fuck you. Um, so be careful when you're doing the thumbs up in some countries. I don't have a a specific list of these countries, but yeah, I, I know in parts of, um, the Middle East, it's highly offensive. So yeah. And then, well, and it's funny because I don't ever do the thumbs up, but the one I do is I'm a nodder Mm. and not just nodding in, um, 
like when I'm asked a direct question, but as people are telling stories and yeah. I'm, you know, engaging and actively listening to their story, I nod as well. Right. And in some countries, nodding your head up and down, Turkey comes to mind first. Yeah. Nodding your head up and down is uh, you're in disagreement with what's being said. Right. Yeah. 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 There's the there's the 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 one uh, head nod up. I think in like Egypt, mm-hmm. um, Greece as well. That basically means no. Like it's the opposite. Um, that means no. And then there's the head shaking. Right. So how we would yeah. shake our heads back and forth to say no. There are countries. That, that means yes, which is really confusing. So this was on uh, Wikipedia, but the, I t- we did all our research. On, there's there's actual Wikipedia pages on this that tell you exactly where these countries are. But Albania um, and Bulgaria. So shaking your head side to side actually means yes. So you can see yeah. that this which is... that one can get you into trouble. <laughs> exactly. If you mix up yes and no. So this is where your basic basic words in another language or basic phrases really come in handy and i mean i think no thank you should be the one everyone looks up because so many countries people are trying to hustle you they're you know following you and showing you their bracelets Mm. or whatever that they want to sell you so no thank you needs to be like the top of everyone's list it needs to be verbal and again yeah if you're walking around in a country where shaking your head actually means yes and someone's trying to sell you stuff you can see why that gets very confusing I think the funniest one I learned firsthand was in India, and I love this. I wish I had, I I almost found myself picking it up by the time I left India, but I lost it pretty quickly. Right. When you ask an Indian a question, a lot of times it's almost like a head bob back and forth. Like, mm. have you ever seen that with Indian people? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. They bob yeah. their head back? Yeah. So, and this is how it was explained to me. I hope I'm, they weren't, you know, taking me for a ride, but... I never knew if they were saying yes or no. And apparently if they're looking you in the eye while bobbing their head back and forth, that means yes. Okay. And if they're looking away, if, like if their eyes are looking away while they bob their head, that means no. Oh, interesting. So, so the critical moment or the critical part wasn't which way they were bobbing their head. It was which way their eyes were looking right. while they did it. Oh, that's which I thought was so interesting. I like that. They do have things. Mm-hmm. There, there's other countries as well. Things just like smiling. Um, so yeah. I know in, I think it's in Russia, Russia, oh, it's definitely Russia. They, they'll only like, so as, um, Canadians or Brits, maybe not Brits, but like, definitely Canadians and Americans, like we have this smiling culture where, you know, we want to greet everyone with a big smile on our face and places like Russia, apparently it's only like, you only smile at people that you know, or that are your friends. That's how you mm-hmm. greet them. Um, I think Japan is another one and it's considered like very dishonest if you don't know someone to smile at them. Like to me, that seems bizarre and I would have a really hard time not doing that. I would do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like we just have this like politeness culture and that's one of the things we do. Um, I would hope that if you were a tourist in these other countries and you did smile at them, they would know that, you know, they would understand the differences, but. And that's where I was going to bring all of this around to is because We're telling everyone this so you're aware and you kind of know what to look at before you go different places. But at the same time, this should never be a hindrance to traveling somewhere because when you're a tourist, people know you're a tourist. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to Russia and convincing anyone I'm Russian. Like there, I'm going to stand out. I don't know if I blend it. We could we could pull off the uh, the sexy blonde Russian look. I think we look pretty Russian stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, look, yeah. But the the second we speak, the cat's out of the bag. (laughs) Yeah, true. I mean, can you do a Russian accent? No, I'm kidding. I can't do a single accent. (laughs) 
I tried to do an Aussie one at the beginning of the episode. Did you catch it? No, I did not get oh, that at all. Oh, it's because it sounded so Australian. You didn't even know. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really <laughs> well done. <laughs> um, yeah, everyone's going to know you're a tourist. I mean, yeah. the only place I think I've been where people roll their eyes at the tourists trying who are trying to fit in it was a little bit of france <laughs> what not, not not even france more just paris we, i mean guys we don't hate paris <laughs> we do rag on them quite a bit i know we do a little i mean i i i'll be honest i there's been a few times i've been to paris and i've spoken french and i speak pretty decent french like my french is not horrible and i can converse in it quite easily but sometimes in Paris, if they sense uh, an English accent or they know you're mm-hmm. American or Canadian, they just don't want to speak French with you. So whatever. So be it. I also I also had a Parisian tell me that it's because Canadians speak. We learn and speak Quebecois French. Well, that's not entirely true, though, because I it, as someone that oh. did French immersion, you don't learn Quebecois French. You learn proper Parisian mm. French. Quebecois French is just picked up if you're from Quebec and you're from the French part of Canada. It's all just slang. Mm. That's what it is. They they come up. Yeah. They come up. It, it's like, it's like kind of like listening to someone with with a really thick accent, but mm-hmm. that's not the that's not the French that we learned in French immersion. They would never teach you Quebecois French because it's not quote unquote proper French. But but I agree. If you have someone from the, like that's a good point. If you have someone from Quebec speaking to someone from Paris, it's very hard for uh, the person from Paris to understand the person from Quebec because it is it's all it's uh, as I said it's all slang. It's all words that don't exist in France. So another good reason not to let language barriers be a hindrance is even people who speak the same language have yeah. a hard time understanding each other. Well, that's true. If you, uh, if you listen to all the English accents in the UK, I mean, if you li- listen to someone that's from a very posh part of London and say Chelsea or a city from, I don't know, a city like Oxford versus someone from Newcastle. If you've ever heard a Newcastle accent, the Geordie accent, have you ever seen Geordie Shore stuff? I feel like you haven't because you don't watch TV. I don't know. It, it's basically the UK equivalent of Jersey Shore. It's like super trash. But anyways, the people in there, their accents, that's a Geordie accent. And some okay. of them have such a thick, it, it's from, the, it, they're, they're in the northern part of the UK. And these accents are thick, thick, thick. Um, and they're, it's hard to understand, but they're still speaking English. Hmm. So again, depending on where you're going, they might speak English, yeah. but yeah, it can, it, accents, it. accents alone can differ. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So, okay, so we've, we've talked a lot about sort of nonverbal communication, but going back to actual language. So if we're talking specific words, I mean, the go-to, whenever I travel, Steph, I know you're going to back me on this, and it sounds so simple, but download the Google Translate app. It mm-hmm. will save you so much hassle. It's, and oh, it, this is like the most amazing app now. Um, I think I actually told you a story about how this would have been in the episode about getting lost while abroad. Yeah. When I got lost in Berlin and I had an entire conversation with a German man on Google Translate. Yeah. And I found where I needed to go because of it. It's yeah. I mean, I I did the same when I was recently in France. Um, And granted, yeah, I do speak French, but there are certain words like I had to go into the pharmacist um, to get some like cold medication. And I went in and mm-hmm. we were, we just, you know, said hello and how are you and all that, you know, the, the sort of conversational French. And then I was standing there and I'm like, I don't know how to say cold. Like I have a, I know how to say oh, foie, yeah. foie, which is like, I am cold, but how to say I have a cold, which is a different, yeah. a different word. And so, um, I asked the one, I said, do you speak English? She's like, no. And then I'm like, okay, hold on. And she knew I was pulling out Google translate. And she basically said to mm-hmm. me in French, she's like, Yep, don't worry, like, we'll figure out what you need. And so I pulled it out and I put in Google Translate, I have a cold, which I then it came back to me, cold is room in French. Mm. So, and but it was just funny because she was like, I know, I could tell she knew what I was pulling out of my phone. And she was like, yeah, 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 give me your phone. And then she looked, she's like, yep, got it. But have you ever used on Google Translate, though, the actual bit where you can put it up against, um, like you scan it against actual words? And it can translate it in real time. I haven't. Have you? Yeah. So you can use this. This is my favorite thing on the app. Um, If you're in a restaurant, you've got a menu that's in a different language. You can actually take your phone on on the Google Translate app and scan over the words. And and you can put in the language you want to translate it into. And it will will read on your screen what that says in English or whatever other language, which is really cool. So this is really useful again for menus, for signs. If you're walking around somewhere and you can't read a sign, you can put the app up to the sign and it'll translate it for you. And then the other one is great for, um, like if you're buying things from the grocery store, like products and you can't read the ingredients or the label on the back, we can, and I, a friend of mine, we went to Poland a few years ago Um, And this really came in handy. She had gone to the shop to pick up just some basics like coffee and all that. And so she brought back coffee, milk. So when I was making my coffee, I poured the milk in and it was like super chunky and my coffee went all like, and I was like, what what is this? I used the app and I put it up onto the, the actual label of this milk and it was actually soy milk, which is fine. Um, Yeah. But it made sense why I was like, why is this chunky? And then we were like, oh my God, maybe this isn't really milk. So, um, but we could translate it. It was like, so, soja, S-O-J-A. I don't know. That's apparently what it is in Polish, but yeah, it translated Mm. into soy. Thankfully, none of us had a soy allergy. You know, this is where people (laughs) though, if they're say they do have allergies, 
and they're shopping in a grocery store when they're abroad and they're buying products and they need to read the label to see what's what the ingredients are this app can come in handy i mean it's not perfect sometimes the translation is quite literal um yeah and it's kind of funny <laughs> to see like what pops out but have a play around with it it's fun just to play with it and like you know see how it translates into but yeah it's really cool though i i never oh. like go anywhere without using this I'm going to be using that tonight. Do it. I mean, all the words in Australia are going to be in English, right? So you're going to have to find something in a different language. But you can translate it from English to like French, right? So you could take English words and yeah. Ah, I think the biggest thing with Google Translate that people just need to remember, because what I was notorious for so long was always relying on my phone, which Mm. I mean, I still do. Who am I kidding? Um, The biggest criticism of it is just what happens if your phone dies. Right. I mean, dudes, take battery packs. Yeah. It's 2019. It's, Who doesn't have a battery we, pack? We honestly have solar chargers now yeah. for things. Well, and that's <laughs> it. We don't need to carry around um, like the, what is it, like the language books you can get? What are those called? I look, yeah, when I was looking up, you know, how different people all around kind of deal with language barriers, that was a common one that kept coming up was traveling with a dictionary, which... I mean, maybe that's still some people's thing, and maybe because I am so used to going to one country, then another, then another before I'm yeah. home. I mean, taking 10 language dictionaries is not realistic oh, for me, yeah. so I almost so- laughed when I saw that. And I mean, if someone wants to do that, more power to them. It's totally an option. Mm. To walk um, around with a heavy book, though, and like you said, if, you have, if you're going to multiple countries, like, I can't, I just want to take my phone. And that's the thing. You can translate everything on your phone nowadays. Yeah. I mean, outside of my phone, all I really want is um, on a piece of paper, the address of where I'm staying and maybe the address of where I'm going. Yeah. Um, So that if I'm lost, I mean, giving someone an address will usually help you get there. Yeah. Yeah. No. So that's about it. That's all I really want outside of my phone. And speaking of our phones and devices and technology, I still haven't tried this. The earbud translators. Oh, yes. Um, I found out what they were called. There might be uh, other ones, but the ones I was looking up, they're called the Dash Pro wireless headphones. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works with an app. It's called the iTranslate app. It basically works in conjunction with that. Um, and I think it, mm-hmm. does, it does like 40 different languages in real time. So if you're wearing them and then if someone else is wearing them, you can basically mm-hmm. have like a conversation back and forth. In like two totally different languages. It's crazy. I think what I'm going to do after this episode is do a little treat myself and order these. Do it. And report back. I am going to wear them to the nail salon. Okay. And find out what they're saying about me. I'm going to do it. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. I think think my nail girl likes me and this might be setting myself up for utter devastation. (laughs) That's a good idea. I thought the same. I got my, my, uh, I got a pedicure done a few days ago in my salon. They're all Vietnamese and same thing. They all sit around and talk and then they'll like look over at me and smile and giggle. And then I'll just sort of giggle with them. And I'm like, what did they just say about me? <laughs> they're like, this bitch has got some big toes. <laughs> I do. Gangly. <laughs> Disgusting. You know that you know that's what they're saying about people when they come in. They're like, "Oh, look at this disgusting foot <laughs> fungus!" Ha ha ha. Well, I'm gonna find out because I'm gonna do a social experiment here. Oh, I can see how well these work. Okay. Report back. I think they. Uh, well, the ones I was looking at yesterday, they're like 350 euro. 
Oh, why did I say that? <laughs> if anyone wants to we'll donate see. to the cause. <laughs> we need more Patreon donors for social experiments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think the last point uh, I want to I want to talk about is not specifically just language, but mm-hmm. different words in the same language. So, for example, the Queen's English, right? So, being over in the UK, there's a lot of words that mean different things in, say, like American English. So, I think like the most obvious ones are so pissed. So we would say like, oh, I'm pissed back home, meaning I'm angry over here. Being pissed means you're drunk. That's what I think they say that in Australia as well. Don't they stuff? Say what? Pissed. Like I'm pissed. I'm drunk. Um, no, not as oh. much. I've heard it. But like my brother-in-law, who's Irish, says that. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm going to get on the piss. Yeah. Uh, I haven't heard that so much over here. Um, then the other ones, obviously, lift and elevator. Uh, vacation and holidays and then the classic one and I've got a great story about this one but pants so pants Mm. back home mean trousers like the pants you wear over your legs in Mm. the UK pants mean underwear like underpants and oh I learned this the hard way when I when I first moved here um in my first job uh I think it was like my second day or something and my boss was like hey I'll take you for lunch since you're new and whatever um so it was like my welcome lunch and we're sitting at lunch and you know he's asking me like oh so when did you move over to the UK and I think I'd been there for like a couple weeks and he's like oh so what did you bring with you when you moved you know moved your life over and I said oh I brought like just you know a couple suitcases with some clothes but you know I need to go shopping because you know, I only brought, and at the time the job I was working, it was a bit, it, I wouldn't say it was super corporate, but like you couldn't wear jeans to work. You had to wear proper like work attire. So I said to mm-hmm. him, I only brought over like two pairs of work pants. So I need to go out. I need to buy some new work pants. And then I proceeded to tell him, I was like <laughs> one of the pairs of work pants I wore to an interview and then I spilt coffee on them. So I've stained my work pants. Like I've got a pair of stained work <laughs> pants that I need to get rid of and da, da, da. so I, I'm just going on and on about my fucking work pants and he's staring at me like uh huh okay okay and then it wasn't until like probably like two or three months later that a friend of mine over here I, I had been again using the term pants and then my friend finally said to me you know when you say pants over here it doesn't mean your trousers I'm like oh what does it mean? He's like, well, it means underwear. Like you're talking about your underpants here. And I immediately thought back to that lunch with my boss. And I was like, oh, that makes so. So I went into work, I think the next day. And I was like, hey, hey, boss. Uh, remember the day I was talking about my stained work pants? He's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I meant trousers. And I only learned yesterday. He's like, yeah, I, I assumed that's what you meant, but it was still a bit weird. You were talking about your stained work pants on your second day <laughs> in your new job. So, Hi, I'm Andrea, and I like to overshare. Yeah, overshare. <laughs> hey, who's this new Canadian girl that we've... Yeah. Um, so, guys, that's a big one. Pants. If you're coming over to I the mean, UK, pants, you got to say trousers because people will laugh. One pretty universal... Yeah. One pretty universal one is um, also... In North America, we say a lot um, washroom or restroom. Canadians say washroom. Americans more say restroom. Right. In Australia, in tons of places I traveled, they have no... I ask for a washroom and people stare at me here. Yeah. And it's the same damn language. 
Because so many places, they just call it the toilet. Yeah, well, same in the UK, or the loo. Like, they ask, where's the loo? Yeah, the loo. Yeah, and I feel like toilet is a universal word that should get you anywhere. Yeah. But as a Canadian or American, when you say, hey, you know, where's your washroom? Just blank face. When all you need to say is toilet. Toilet. And that's funny, because that's one of those I still haven't, like, in the nine years I've lived here, that's one I Mm. still haven't really picked up. I will say... I will say toilet sometimes, but I still find myself saying like bathroom, like where's the bathroom? And obviously people know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, but nobody says bathroom over here. And I'm still saying it. Yeah. I don't, of all things, I'm, I'm like, why am I still saying bathroom? I think toilet to me mm-hmm. just sounds, I don't know, Crew. gross. Yeah, like toilet. Like, hey, where's your toilet? Yeah, maybe <laughs> I should just say Lou. But then when I say Lou, I feel like a fraud. I'm like, I'm not allowed. I'm not <laughs> British. I'm not, well, I technically That's am like- British now, but I can't say Lou. <laughs> That would be like me trying to be like, where do you live? I live in Melbourne. It's like, yeah. no, I say Melbourne. <laughs> Mel- Melbourne. Yeah. I mean, I'm not fooling anyone. I don't have a British accent. I'm never going to pick one up either. But yeah. You've got, you got a twinge. You've got a little. You think so? Teeny tiny bit. Yeah. Um, you can hear it more when you're home in Canada and you're with your family. I oh, can hear it. yeah. But when you're sitting around with a bunch of fucking redneck Canadians. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Not that my family's redneck. They're not at all. You literally just savagely ripped apart your family. No, and they're not at at all. My brother-in-law is, though. I was just going to say, oh, that's just... Yeah. You you beat me to the punch there. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So I think to wrap this up, because it's funny, because we started this by saying language barriers shouldn't be a hindrance to travel, and then we go on to talk about, you know, all the funny things that people can do wrong. Yeah. But all of that to say is everyone gets around just fine. Oh, totally. Even if you make every single mistake we've made and talked about in this episode. Yeah. You're going to be fine. Yeah. You're going to get through. You'll yeah. get by. Um, again, I would I would suggest like even before you're going somewhere, if you want to learn just basics of another language, they have apps now where you can do that. There's uh, Duolingo. Duolingo. Babbel. Mm-hmm. I've tried Babbel. It's really good. And it just, you can learn as much as you want. You can learn the most advanced. Say you want to learn Italian. You can go through the different levels of it. If you want to just learn basic Italian, if you're going on a, a week trip to Rome, you can do that. But download these apps. They're really good. And in your free time, you can just sort of practice. And Duolingo, I've only used Duolingo personally mm. in preparation for some trips. We're really sliding in the best tip at the end here. Okay. <laughs> but um, but it's so good. They make it so easy. They start very basic. Right. And then work their way up. It's, it's yeah. really handy. Yeah. No, it's, mm. I, I sometimes just sort of play around on them. I think you have to, if you want to get to a certain level, you have to pay for the app. But it makes, I mean, it's worth the money. If you want to get, you know, in, advanced in, a, in another language, mm-hmm. you got to pay. You got to pay to play. I will say, on the list of people's biggest regrets on their deathbed, not learning another language is one of many people's biggest regrets. Ooh. It's go. in the top five. Yeah. Uh, Steph, if you had to learn another language, which one would mm-hmm. you go for? I mean, obviously French, because I have a base, so yeah. I wouldn't be as overwhelmed to start. Uh, that would be it. Yeah. What about you? Um, I would advance my Spanish. I can do basic yeah. Spanish. I did basic Spanish in college. And when I say basic, I... it's fucking basic. I can basically say, <laughs> oh, here, here we go. Hola. Ready? Como um, está? Uh, no, that's not it. That's not it. Como se llama el gato? Do you know what I said? Mm. Where's the bathroom? No, I said, what is the cat's name? 
<laughs> I was taking a shot in the. Back I mean there. that that would that would def- certainly help me um, get around in Spain. <laughs> asking what the cat's name is. I don't even know if I said that right. I might have said. I might have actually just said, "How do you call the cat over?" Or something. I don't know. So yeah, right. maybe I need well, to get better at this Espanol, Espanol. See, <laughs> see. Si, awesome. Si. Maybe, maybe we should make a little personal. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Goal. Maybe we should make a little goal at coming out of this episode that we both brush up a little on another language better. Okay. And, it's and never too late to learn. And then we do an entire episode in different languages. I'll speak Spanish. You speak French. And that's we'll, not going to. We'll happen. see if we can get by. It's going to be an episode of us saying common terms at each other. Like, what is the cat's name in Spanish? And <laughs> yeah, <French? laughs> it will basically turn into this episode now. Oh, amazing. <laughs> it's going to be, I think, I feel like that'll be our most popular episode. All right, guys, download an app to teach you how to speak the language. Brush up on the keywords you'll know you need. Maybe try to look up a little sensitive what, you know, different hand motions, head motions mean in the country you're traveling to. Yeah, be careful. And with then just that. wing it. Wing it. You're going to be fine. You'll be fine. Just go. You'll get by. And t- end it on a lovely on a lovely joke, if I may. Yes. I learned this in Brazil. A uh, lovely Brazil one taught me this. They assumed I was American by speaking to me. <laughs> Happens often. What do they call someone who speaks three languages? What's that? Trilingual. What do they call someone who speaks two languages? Mm, bilingual. What do they call someone who speaks one language? Oh, uh, I don't know. American. Oh, <laughs> so you, that was a dig at me because they assumed I was. So you, I'm just saying, guys, bust out of your shells. You know, a Canadian came up with that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This Brazilian was pretty proud of it. Amazing. Um, all right, guys. Thanks, as always, for listening. Au revoir. A bientôt. Ciao. Bom dia. No, that's good morning in Portuguese. Buenos dias. That's good morning. Off Widersen. That <laughs> probably did not say that right. Was well, that, that German? Was yeah, oh, well you could done. tell. Yeah, I knew what that meant. Totien. Dravo. Spam. Farvel. Aloha. Hello and goodbye. Namaste. Goodbye. Goodbye. All the Shit I've Learned Abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel. You can listen to us on multiple platforms from iTunes to Google Play Music and more. And with that, please, if you have a chance, give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. That drives us up the charts and really, really helps us out. Want to support us on Patreon? Find us over at Shit I've Learned Abroad Pod. Donations start as low as just $1. Also, if you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Shit Abroad Pod and Facebook by searching all the shit I've learned abroad. Thanks so much for listening. 